Hello, folks. This is Gary Morgan from Wild Game Dynasty. This is podcast episode 121. And, hey, we have a great podcast with a great person. We had a mutual friend that really introduced us. We were all uh, at the same table at one of those Wild Game dinners. And, um, yeah, we got to chew in the fat. Maybe uh, maybe we had a beer or a cocktail or something. Who knows? But uh, I guess that's not as important as the, uh, is the friendship that I garnered out of this whole thing. And, anyways, I said to this gentleman, and uh, I said, hey, Don, Don, we need to do a podcast. He said, Gary, I've never done a podcast. What are you getting me into here? <laughs> of course, it sounds a little bit like Ross Chambers, right? Anyways, uh, hey, this guy's really an interesting person. Uh, just a wonderful guy. He has a very interesting background. And uh, anyways, hey, without further ado, let's roll right into podcast episode number 120 with Don Walker. Let's roll. Don Walker, this is Gary Morgan calling. Hey, Gary, how are you doing tonight? Good, not too bad. Hey, what's going on in your neck of the woods? Oh, not a lot, not a lot. Just uh, watching the temperatures drop and watching the rain turn from snow and Got home from work today and did a little butchering. We killed a few hogs that we had uh, left over from yesterday that we didn't get finished up, so we had to butcher 50 hogs this morning. Wow. Well, I know where you work, but it'll kind of uh, give away probably the part of state you live in, too. But where are you, where are you talking that you're doing this processing at? Yeah, I work at uh, Evil's uh, General Store in Falmouth, and it's a, it's a just a small little town, um, but... Ebels has got a big name. There's a lot of commercials on TV, and um, it's a USDA butchering facility, and we do a lot of deer processing, 1,800 to 2,000 deer a year. Wow. Yeah, a lot of people know about Ebels. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, you might, I live. Yeah, like you I, say, Falmouth is not a big town, but uh, everybody no. everybody knows Ebels. Yep. Yep. Anybody that watches TV pretty much in northern Michigan and UP, like you say, they have commercials on TV. Yeah. So. Yep. They know where it's at. Yeah, that's for sure. What is it that you do for them there? Uh, I work on the kill floor, uh, usually two days a week, mm -hmm. um, butchering hogs and beef, and then the rest of the time I'm back in the processing room cutting them up. Wow. Yeah, you're a busy person then. Yeah. Yep. You know, and in today's environment, we call about, you know, what pre-COVID, COVID, post-COVID, post -COVID, I don't know, I hate to even use the darn word anymore, but uh, the acronym, but... Um, Boy, when all that kind of took place and really sunk its uh, teeth into our, uh, well, our society, our economy, et cetera, and a lot of these big, huge commercial processors, you know, nationwide, you know, the Tysons of the world, yep. were uh, shutting down because they had issues with uh, people testing positive, et cetera. It really yep. put a, really put the uh, pressure on the, uh, on the smaller markets like yourself. It did. Yeah. It did. And, and our business really took off those two years. We went. Uh, in those two years, Gary, I mean, it was unreal. I mean, we went from our springtime, usually, you know, we're scraping to get 40 hours, to we went to work in six days a week wow. for two years straight, pretty much. Holy cow. And but you know, people, but you people know this... just panicking about where they're going to get their meat. Yeah. Yeah, that it is. It's almost like a little bit of a panic. But, you know, it's kind of, I don't want to say it's kind of cool or not, but uh, it is a, uh, a the bright spot the silver lining in all that took place, I think people are really realizing how important our local meat processors, our local grocers, our local this, our local that is, how important that is to our to our community that we live in or that 
maybe the adjacent community. It might not be the one we live in, but it might be 50 miles over, and they're just as important. I mean, right down to the to the uh, auto repair facilities. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys probably, uh, I mean, may 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 have seen things kind of tamed down a bit, but I bet you're still ramped up. Yes, we are. Yes, it's, that's cool. We picked up a lot of new customers through it because, like you say, a lot of the people were backlogged and they couldn't get in. Yeah. And um, so they had to find a place to get in. And Evils is one of those um, family-owned companies that they really don't turn nobody down. You wow. know, they just, they uh, they get people in. And so we picked up a lot of new clients over the COVID pandemic two years. Yeah, outstanding. Well, hey, kudos to you all that work there. And, of course, your your boss or bosses to uh, to have the ingenuity and the valued employees, team players we call them to uh, make this all happen because I know there were some that said I'm done right you know they were getting close anyways and they just couldn't sustain themselves just threw the towel in yeah yeah and and some for some people I don't blame them that's you know at some point in the game you're going to retire anyways yep exactly yeah otherwise it 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 drove you nuts people pounding on the door at all hours of the night so yeah yeah well hey uh you and I just recently met We'll say it's been a, a week or so ago. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And kind of kind of coincidence. We uh, yeah. met at a, a DNR banquet down in Auburn uh, through a guy that I've known for a while, and I think you just met him for the first time that night, really. Yeah, in person. I've talked to him on the phone several times, but uh, I know his son because that that uh, DNR conservation officer stuff runs in that family, so I knew yep. his son Dan from uh, Montmorency County area, but. Uh, not to say I ran into him for negative reasons, but uh, but he he's <laughs> right. got a job to do too. But no, right. he had some positive uh, contacts for a variety of things. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We we both know well. Be Dan's dad, who was a, a conservation officer in Michigan, Matt Listenfelts for <clears throat> twenty five years here in Missaukee County, and that's how I know him. Yeah, and um, he we used to raise whitetail deer and elk in the captive. And he would be an officer that would come around and inspect our fences and our record keeping and that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, so annually. you knew him through, so the, that's, you knew him through that, that channel then? Yeah, I knew him through that channel. And then after he retired, um, <clears throat> Matt bought a guide service. Mm-hmm. And um, he was interested in a piece of property that I owned because he knew it held quite a few bear. And so he approached me about leasing my property for bear hunting and then he asked me if I would be willing to help him. Wow. And uh I really jumped at that idea because I I really like the bear and the bear hunting stuff that goes with it. Yeah. I'm really intrigued by it. Yeah, what's nice is you knew him in advance. Yeah, on a professional basis, but a member of your community per se, so you knew the person you're teaming up with. Right, and that's really the biggest thing on the thing is, it's one thing being being a good outdoorsman and and all that, but it's really, really, really important to be a person that can work well with other other people and you know just treat people fairly. Yep, yep, and Matt's that kind of a guy, a good guy, and like you said, he knows Masaki County like the back of his hand. He knows a lot of the areas that I've never been to before in Masaki County for bait and bear yeah and uh so i jumped at the opportunity because it was a a way for me to 
to learn more about the thing that I like to learn about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, back to you, what you, you made a comment, though, and, of course, I'm familiar because I asked you about it. When we were sitting at that uh, fundraiser, that banquet in Auburn, we talked a little bit about it, and uh, but you guys raised, raised pen, er, pen raised deer. It yeah, was you, yeah, your did, wife, yeah. and your parents, or something. My yeah, it'd been me and my parents at the time, and uh, my brother-in-law and sister. Wow. At the time, this is a family deal then. Yeah. Wow. How many? You, you, I mean, how many deer at one time in a in a uh, pen? At the at the most time that we had behind high fence was between three hundred and three hundred and fifty deer. Holy smokes! Um, we had about uh, ninety say that, acres. Say that again, then. now. Say that again. We had we had about three. 100 to 350 whitetails and at one time we had 60 to 70 elk holy also. cow so yeah it was a pretty much a full-time job even though it wasn't my full-time job <laughs> <laughs> fit it in <laughs> yeah fun times i bet you at times yeah a just... lot, lot of interesting things learned a lot about it um the whitetails never really do calm down i mean unless you bottle feed them where the elk is more like raising cattle. They're okay. not as high strung, so you can work with them a lot easier. Yeah, that, um, that makes sense in a way, just based off what you see out in the wild. They're not, you know, they're not always on edge, edge. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, we uh, we done it for 25 years until, you know, they the laws changed and, they found mm. TB in Michigan, and yeah. we had to start TB testing. And then then we found CWD, and that was another chapter in the book. And it just... Wow. It, it took... For me, it took the fun out of it. Yeah. And any any money that could be made really was going to vets and other things. And so it was time to get rid of them. But I really enjoyed raising them while we did. Okay. Had a lot of fun. Learned a lot about them. Yeah, I bet so. The whitetail, even though they're in a pen, they still exhibit behavior that's uh, exactly. I mean, boy, you pick up on that. It's it's never uh, never lost. It's a it's a good uh, skill skill set to have. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. How did you, or I should say, how? I mean, but what was the purpose of pen raising the deer? There had to be a. You know, well, it was one of those things. My dad always wanted to have a bottle fed doe. Okay. And we just. By chance, saw a article in the paper up here in Masaki County that they were having a, a seminar down in Lansing about raising deer, and mm-hmm. so we went to that, and one thing led to the other, and we got into it, and we originally purchased, um, in 1991, we had purchased 15 does from three different breeders and one breed buck. All of our does... <laughs> Lucky him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all of our does were bred from different bucks except for five that wow. we brought up here and put in with our breed buck that we bought. Yeah. Um, and we started out with about 10 acres fence, and like I said, we ended up with 90 acres fence when it was all said and done. And Wow, that's um, a lot to maintain. Yes, it is. Yeah. It is. I mean, and you like almost you say, have to with, patrol that almost every day. Yeah, and I, at the time, I didn't live up here. Um, full time. Yeah, uh, I was trekking back and forth. I wasn't married at the time, but my mm-hmm. mom and dad lived up here all okay. the time. Yep. So. So you're from up that way. Well, no, originally I'm from. I grew up in Oxford. Oh, okay. Michigan. Yep. Um, lived down there my whole life until um, my mom and dad retired up here, and I worked construction, 
down in the Lapeer area for quite a while, building houses and stuff. And mm -hmm. then uh, when the market kind of fell out of that, I moved up here, and that's when I started working at Evil's. Yep. Um, and and we raised the deer until yeah. Well, it was about two thousand and eight, nine. We got rid of our last deer. Wow. So what so, was it? What were you doing raising them? I mean, what was the we purpose were, for it? We were our our main goal or purpose in raising them was we were selling bucks to hunting preserves okay and we were selling does to other farms and at that time gary we could move them um in our early when we first got started raising them we could move them out of state wow yeah and, well, that's a no -no -no. right transport them back and forth yep. until they found the tb and that kind of you still could then you could TB test them and, and mm -hmm. hold them and retest them three days. Mm -hmm. And if they were clear, you could still ship them out of state. But when they found the CWD, that pretty much shut everything down. I mean, you weren't moving a deer yeah. across the border. Hmm. I mean, I guess we could spend an awful lot of time about, I always call, you know, TB, CWD, uh, EHD, all that alphabet, right. al yep. alphabet soup stuff. And yeah, well, know, TB is tuberculosis. Yep. CWD is chronic wasting disease. Yep. And that was, you know, that's the two big things in, in private pen raised deer. Yeah. And like you say, once they found the chronic wasting disease, that pretty much shut the borders down, crossing any state lines. Um, so the big thing now, or when we got out of it was, is you could still bring semen from the bucks. Yep. These big bucks from other breeders, from Pennsylvania, from New York, from wherever. Hmm. So it got into the artificial inseminating of your does. Okay. So that was the big thing, and then that's, you know, and that's what it takes is genetics. Yeah. I mean, it takes genetics and age and nutrition oh, yeah. to get the antlers on the bucks that people want. Yeah, you know? oh, absolutely. My my nephew, uh, I mean, he's a staunch hunter. He's, him and his dad own and run that Baldwin Canoe Livery, but as a side gig, he's gotten involved with that uh, Legends. Okay, yeah. And so now he's pen raising some uh, does, and depend. I forget the deal is the uh, the offspring, if they're bucks, they go back to legends, and if they're does, he can sell them, or I don't know what it is. But, you know, yep. he says, hey, I'm not looking to get rich, but I'm looking to have some fun. Right. Yeah. And it, it was a lot of fun. Like you said, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed doing it. It was a lot of work. Oh, man. Um, cutting antlers off bucks in the fall before they started killing each other, you know, when they were in a <laughs> pen together to putting whatever buck you're going to breed with in a pen of a certain amount of does that, you know, and everything was ear tagged and record kept. So, you know, you weren't inbreeding and, yeah. and it was, like you say, it was a lot of work and we were feeding the pellets. We were, we fed um, pellets from Armada, which is down in the thumb, Armada yep. grain company mm -hmm. um, is what we fed. And they'd done really well on that. Wow. Um, but yeah, we had a good time and um, it just kind of transitioned into you know, when you when you raise those kind of deer and you see those kind of bucks, mm -hmm. especially up here in Misaki County, northern Michigan. Yeah. And when you're out hunting them and you don't see a buck <laughs> of that caliber, you're, you and kind you of get away from the hunting aspect and it kind of takes the fun out of it. So then yeah. I kind of got into got interested in the bears and the bear hunting. Yeah, I know where that's and, going. <laughs> yeah. And so started going up to Canada quite a bit bear hunting. And I learned a lot from a guy up there, a guy, his name is Steve Bazine. He owns... um. Moose Creek Camp and Bait up in yep. Ignis, Ontario. Yeah, that's a that's a strong name from uh, 
mid-Michigan area or northern yeah, Michigan. Yeah, he, yeah. yeah, he grew up in the Gaylord area. Yeah. And, um, but learned a lot from him out there. And then, like you said, then I got hooked up with Matt and been doing this now for five or six years, um, wow. helping um, Deadstream Guide Service here in Lake City. Yeah, he's, you guys, I say he, you guys have a great reputation. I remember I had three retired COs in camp uh, 2021. And um, I had two, two, I call them success stories. You know, yep. one, uh, it didn't, he didn't uh, tag the bear, but, um, you know, just kind of zigged when he zagged. Right. And the other guy did tag a pretty nice, pretty nice bear. I mean, it was a very nice bear. We were estimating about three and a quarter. Okay. That well, is a nice bear. It is. <laughs> we were, that whole thing was quite a story. And then the other uh, gentleman, uh, we had one big bear at, coming in and and that was the end of it uh, i mean he said i don't want to move i'll eat tag soup but i want this bear if you'll bear, if you'll give me a right? chance yeah but yeah uh, but you know those guys talked about you guys okay and um you know we had time in camp and it was the weather was kind of neat so we had a little uh, bonfire one or two nights and uh yeah and uh you know shot some shit we'll say and had a couple of beers and it was just a good time it's how camp should be it should be uh, you know we're all having fun and, and you know but uh they talk very positively about uh, Matt Liston Felt and you guys. Yep. And I thought, one of these days I'm going to run into you guys. And here we right. are. So that's pretty cool. It, well, it sure was nice meeting you, Gary, down there. there is, uh, you're yeah. very knowledgeable, too. Well, it worked running. out. It worked out good, didn't it? It I did. Mean, we had some fun conversation, too. And uh, But as far as a bear, uh, um, you guys are, are baiting bears inside of one county? Yeah. In, inside yep. of the Red Oak Red Oaks is our unit, mm -hmm. and uh, we're baiting in pretty much Misaki County. I think he does have one bait just north up into Kalkaska County yeah. on some private land. But, yep. yeah, other than that, it's um, right here local around yeah. the Lake City area. Yeah. Um, like you say, he leases my property. He's got two or three other privates, and then a lot of it's just on the state land around here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I promised we wouldn't get into it, but I'm going to mention it because <laughs> I can't stop. Okay. And, uh, but none of your, none of your pen raised deer that, I mean, what was the, what was, or should I, I got to ask this now this way. What was the, probably the, some of the nicest class of bucks that you guys had at any one time, meaning, you know, score wise. Yes. Yeah. We, we had some that was up in the two twenties. Oh my. Oh my. Um, that's, you know, that was towards the end when we first got started. Um, like you said, it wasn't it wasn't like it was towards the end where people were artificially inseminating and buying semen from yeah. different big bucks. It was pretty much, you know, your own bloodline. Maybe buy something else from Michigan from another breeder. Yeah. Um, but when we got started in '91, I mean, if you raised a deer that scored 170 inch, that was a big buck. Wow. When we got out. And like you say, it was around 2008. Yeah. Um, if the bucks wasn't going 200, 220 inch, you know, I mean, wasn't they weren't a, a buck. Wasn't a big you know? market for it then. Right. If it was less than that. So right. So none of them deer got, none of them bucks uh, got shipped up to Traverse City. <laughs> no, not that I know of. I mean, I don't think none of them got shipped up or none of them got out and made it that far up there. Yeah. Um, if you're referring to the Rampola buck, well, which, you I, know, which it, I think you are. Yeah, well, it's just been hitting the news again, you know. And, right. And, you know, here we are in Michigan. And, I, in my opinion, like, 
I told you down at that banquet is that's a big buck. I mean, yeah, and, we, and... we never, we never, and I can't say I really know too many people that even in pens that had a, a typical score, 215 inch or whatever his was supposed to score. Yeah. I mean, these, these bucks that are scoring even nowadays, 230, 240, some of them are going 300. Oh my god. I mean, gosh. It, it, it looks like they just have a tree on their head. Yeah. But but by no means is even close to typical. Well, that wasn't his first, well, that's his biggest one that he claims to fame there, but Correct. And that's the uh the one that's, you know, drew all the uh attention. Attention. Yeah. But he had some others. I mean, not just a couple. I mean, he had several that uh several bucks into the commemorative bucks of Michigan, right? Yeah. I you know, I heard um that he had 20 yeah. plus 20 plus oh yeah um so to, sh to shoot bucks that caliber up in grand traverse county uh i find that hard to believe i mean that's my opinion yeah well it's like um, one of the co's or a couple of them you know i'm not going to mention his name because he's not here to defend what i'm saying but i'm reiterating what he said or what they said is uh working the road you knew if there was a buck like that out there Yep. And as as aged as his as Ron Polo's buck was uh, estimated, right? Um, that would have showed up somewhere, especially if his hunting spot was not too far from the airport, where there's wide open spaces where that buck is going to eventually show himself, even if I, it was two years earlier and be right. might not be a two two ten two fifteen, but he's still going to be he's still going to be one eighty one ninety. Yeah, he's gonna stick out like a like a <laughs> right. like a rompola imported buck. I shouldn't say right. that, but you know, I mean, I guess I can shed my opinion, and I don't right. cl claim to know. So right, uh, yeah, yeah. There's too many people. I did, I saw the interview at the ATA. Okay. Show that uh, that Dan Schmidt from Deer and Deer Hunting did with John Eberhardt. Okay. And uh, I really liked that interview. Yep. Um, he he. And John's one of those guys. Eh, some people appreciate him. Some people don't. Some most people that don't don't know him. Um, he's a, a very um, confident person, but he's that he's his own business. He has to be that way, or he's you know because he's not really selling himself. He's selling his business. Right. And um, but he's a very gifted. Uh, he, he's uh, he's just a nice guy, and uh, you know he's he doesn't pull any punches. Right. And uh, so then I saw a recent article from somebody in the – somebody from the UP, I think, wrote it. Okay. And that kind of defending it. I mean, it's recently, and I think, how can you – I mean, granted, we don't have all the proof in either direction. Right. But, uh, you know, I don't – and there's just no way we're going to because no. you were saying it, it. the claim is that it got burnt in a fire or something. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's what I heard, and – you know, like I said, I mean, a buck of that caliber, a world record, is worth millions. I mean, it, millions. Yeah. yeah. I was really so. shocked if it was what, like John Eberhart kind of alluded to, if it was a pen raised deer someplace, or if the rack was doctored up. You know, it seemed like the rack, somebody would have seen it that was really good at, you know, but Jim right. taxidermist can do a wonderful job. But we'll say. We'll say it was a, a good rack. It was a legitimate deer. Everything was legit except for maybe its origin. And if it was pen raised, it seems like to me that well, that's, somebody, that's the missing some, link. Who didn't? Right. Who didn't well, somebody, come out? Somebody would have known 
where yeah. that buck came from. I mean, even being raised in a pen. Yeah, even if it was from that Georgia, caliber, Georgia or something, it wouldn't right. have come out. Somebody, somebody would have, yeah, somebody would have known, been like, man, I seen that buck. Yeah. In this guy's pen, or this guy advertised it, and the same thing. I mean, he would have had to paid an astronomical astronomical amount of money because you, how much is that buck worth in a pen? Yeah, what do selling you th- semen and yeah, what do you think it at the time? Yeah, know, well, rough with, that was back in what back in the nineties. Yeah, what would a buck like that? Um, you know, re- I mean, a retail. world record buck, probably you know, hundred thousand dollars. Wow. For a pen raised deer like that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Holy I mean, smokers. a 200, like you say, a 200 and whatever he was, 15 inch typical. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, like you say, that was unheard of. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Well, hey, that mystery is, uh, it's solved in my mind because even if it's not, doesn't change my way of thinking either way. I mean, as right. far as it doesn't change my day. No, nope. my life. So no, nope. but... it has no effect on my life whatsoever. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah. I well... still put my pants on the same way, and I go to sleep the same way at night. <laughs> I I don't lose any sleep over it. That's right. Absolutely. I don't think too many people do, but no, nope. it's, it's one of those stories that just keeps everyone. Like you in a say, while, it keeps festers. popping up. Yeah, festers like a like a a wound where he's peeling somebody's peeling the scab off, not letting exactly. It yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, so. hey. um here we are on the brink of turkey season, so at least there's something bright and shiny coming. And uh, yep. But then, uh, yep. Summertime, you know, is always a it's just a beautiful time of the year to do a lot of different things. And of course, it there's is. a lot of stuff to go, you know, be doing out there. And you was out in the outdoors, but you know as well as I, you may you may not admit it to maybe your wife right up front. Maybe you don't. You know, it's just what it is. But I, I mean, I've told my wife a couple of times. Uh, I was looking at my calendar. She, what are you doing? I was trying to find out how many days it is before we start bear baiting. Bear baiting. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. She knows I love it. Oh, My yeah. wife knows I absolutely love it. And she knows, like you say, I take that week off. Yeah. Of working at Evils to help Matt. Yep. And uh, like you say, I wish, I, I look forward to the day when I can retire like Matt is or yep. and like you are. And, and that's what I do, you know, because yeah. I absolutely enjoy getting out there and love being able to, help in in um making somebody in michigan a successful bear hunter when they've waited 10 12 years to get a tag you know amen to that yeah so that 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 puts a smile on my face and it's worth all the hard work yeah of doing what we do and what we love to do you know yeah it's it's hard for somebody to grasp until they do it it is yeah it It is. is yep Absolutely. I remember my brother and I, we kind of started doing this kind of at the same time. He was, he's very good in the woods. He's, he has a gift uh, yep. when, it, when it comes to scouting. He just, he just understands things really, really well. He gets it right off, the, right out of the chute. He's uh, six years older than I. And okay. uh, so we got the bait spots, the hunt spots all set up. And then, you know, then I'm baiting and, you know, and finally I'm having some ups and downs and, you know, I'm up in the UP all by myself for like two weeks. I mean, yep. it was always at least two weeks. I, I always thought, well, hey, we got 30 days to bait. I'm going to bait all 30. I don't do that now, but right, um, not even close, but uh, it's a waste of bait, I guess. Bait and yeah. money and like you said. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. I remember I remember calling <laughs> you, him would, up. you wouldn't make no money no. if you baited every no. day for 30 days. Oh, man, no way. So I remember telling him, you know, several times, hey, what's going on up there? Yeah, water, you know, oh, come on, you know, and 
you know, and then the next time I talked to him, it was all woohoo, you know, and the next time, you know, yep. he, he says, well, what the heck is it with you? I said, you know what? It's, it's as much as I really like to, like to bait and you're baiting by yourself. I mean, if it's you and Matt or me and my brother, we split up the baits cause it's so much easier to, right. You, you almost have to, you never right. get to them all in one day. So exactly. Yeah. And, uh, I, until you get up here, I told him my brother, Bob, I said, you, you, you know, when you start doing it, and, and of course that second year he came up and we were slinging baits. We got back to camp, I think, on the second day, and he says, I get it. He says that I got stung by the bug, and he says, this is awesome. Yep. And uh, he's he's had to miss last year. He um, he wasn't up for it. Yeah, he got uh, sick, but he's, he's doing so much better now. But, uh, well, that's yeah, good. Yeah, it is. But like you say... Um, cause he says, he says, when I grow up, I want to be a bear baiter. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Like you said, it, it, people don't realize even, I mean, the work, not just in doing it, but like you said, um, finding the bait, I mean, it's getting so much harder now to find bait to use. Sure is. That that's, that's a job in itself. Yeah. And Pr- then and it's and like pricey, you say, pricey yeah, too. price. Yeah. Price has gone up. The price of fuel has gone up and. Yeah. You know, it, it's a lot of work. And like oh, you say, yeah. until people see it and go with you, they really don't have a clue what no. it entails. No. You know, they think, oh, this guy just goes out there and throws, you know, some donuts or some candy and some corn or whatever beavers out in the woods and the bears come in and it's going to be like picking a duck out of the yeah, water the at the fair. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it, yeah. that's not how it is, you know, no, uh-uh. but like you say, I, I just, I'm like you, Gary, I look forward, count the days to mid August when you can start baiting and get the camera out there and see what's coming in each and every day, you yeah. know, because you don't know. I mean, one day you might have the biggest bear you've ever seen and he might not show up again ever, right? or he might be, you, on a weekly or two weekly basis or yeah. all of a sudden somebody know. somebody shoots him and, right. he, and he's never showed up on camera you think, what the heck happened you know you're right yeah right I, so yeah, you're absolutely well hey young man this has been a nice uh nice chit chat nice conversation and yeah, I know our, i'm, I'm our glad list, you called yeah our listeners like that i've got some feedback and i always ask for feedback from you know tell me uh you know what i need to do to uh to maybe change things up or whatever and they always tell hey because a couple times you know it just meant more of a canned thing it wasn't it wasn't on purpose but this is the kind of thing that people like to because you know we're all like you said we're putting our pants on the same way and right and uh, we can understand each other when we're all uh telling telling the story in a super truthful way so and that's that's what we did so hey thanks for giving up a little bit of your evening tonight and uh i i really enjoyed this and i Really look forward to the next time we hook up and uh, chew the fat, as we say. Maybe, uh, uh, maybe we'll ask Matt to buy us a beer and and uh, get him to get that wallet out, let the butterflies fly out of it first. <laughs> there you go. Well, thank you, Gary. <laughs> All right, you take care, buddy. You too. All right. Bye. This week's podcast brought to you by GMK Logging. With GMK, your property can be transformed into a deer hunter's paradise, giving you a huge bump in success and real estate value. Give Greg Campo a call for a no-risk, no-cost assessment at 989-213-6499. And also brought to you by... Now that Michigan is a no-bait state, your food plot success is more important than ever. The Food Plot Shop is your best resource for trusted advice and sensible seed blends. Call 248 798 
1-800-242-2361 or visit us at thefoodplotshop.com. And with that, we conclude another podcast episode with Wild Game Dynasty. Thanks for listening. And be sure to subscribe in your podcast app to receive notifications on future podcasts. Also, please head on over and check out our Facebook page. Be sure to like and follow it to stay up to date on highlights from our clients, turkey, bear, and white-tailed deer hunts. Until next time, guys, stay safe, enjoy the great outdoors, and happy hunting. <laughs>